Welcome fathers who are looking to inspire their kids and become fearless. This is the Become a Fearless Father show and I'm your host, Klaas van Oosterhout. I'm a father of two boys, husband and entrepreneur. This show is created to teach you how to take control and enjoy the most difficult job you've ever faced, fatherhood. I'm going to keep it real and share real life experience. A heads up, there is no magic pill. You will have to put in the hours, sweat and tears to achieve victory. Are you ready to improve your health, wealth, relationships, knowledge and become the hero your family needs you to be? I know you are. So get your pen and paper ready and let's become fearless fathers together. Owen, awesome you're here. I'm really excited. Um, so just for the people so they understand why I'm a little bit nervous. Um, I have the feeling that I know you because of all the yeah. live webinars that I've seen from you. And of course, you don't know anything about me, but it makes me put you a little bit on a, how do you call that? Oh, let's call it pedestal. So pedestal, it's, sure. It's a little cool. I'm, well, I'm, it's very, it's very kind of you. It's very kind of you. Uh, uh, you flatter me with, uh, with all that. And, uh, and I appreciate you logging in and watching. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of what you're doing with Become a Fearless Father. I, I think it's so important to be talking about fatherhood all around the world. Anywhere that, that a son or a daughter is born, the conversation of fatherhood should be at the forefront of, of any culture. And so I'm glad that you're leading the way in that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm really, I, I, as you know, I just started, but I'm really excited about um, the responses so far and, um, and not just the, the people, like the fathers out there, but especially also from the people that I've interviewed so far and that I'm going to interview. Um, one of the people that you know, you had him on the show, um, Antonio. Yeah. So, and yeah, he immediately responded as well, just as enthusiastically as you, like, heck yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, uh, okay. <laughs> Did I just get Antonio Centeno on my call? Yeah. You know, uh, I'll tell you, there's, there's, um, uh, you, you know, it's not just you, you know what I mean? Like there are a, a ton of us out there that are very interested in the topic of fatherhood and in reaching other dads. I know for me, I'm really passionate about reaching other dads. Um, and, and encouraging and inspiring them to, um, uh, to, to be active and, and to be more, to be more of a father, uh, right? And, and um, even though a lot of these guys are great dads, right? But it's like, you could be more. Like, how much couch time are you spending? Meaning, how much time are you just like, hey, let's all watch TV together and versus actually going out and tactile doing things as a family? Like, like, you could be doing more. I know you could. We all could. Uh, and then there's, you, you know, some of the things I want to talk about today is like, what is your vision um, for your family? Like, have you spent any time in development of where, you, what's your family going to look like in 20 years when your kids are coming back for Christmas? You know, what does it look like? What are you, what's your career and profession? What is your dreams and careers for them? You know, we're, we're in this place in our, in our, in American culture where everyone is so afraid um, to set a standard. And, and to say, um, uh, you, you know, that we should aspire to something, right? And, and we should aspire to something. It is innately in us to aspire to more. That's why we're constantly like trying to, you know, move forward in any aspect of our life. You know, 
we, we should be, you, you can't, it's okay to set goals for your children. It's okay to look at your son and say, you know, I want him. He's got this great talent. Like my Benny has got this great talent um, for uh, writing and words and creativity. And so I'm setting a goal for him. I'd like to see him uh, be a writer or a creator of some kind. And that's the vision I'm building for him. Now, in the next couple of years, obviously his talents, his interests may change and we'll adjust our vision for that. You know, we never, my mom was trying to make me believe that, that I was going to be a, like a doctor long into my middle school years. And I'm like, I have, I've expressed no interest in biology. It just brought her joy to like say, my son's going to be a doctor. And it's like, I'm, I'm this little kid going, am I supposed to be a doctor? Like I have no interest in that, right? So you have to, never did, never did. Uh, and yet this is how my mom would introduce me uh, places. You know, you have to work with who your kids are. You, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and let them tell you when I was uh, eight years old, I was at my grandmother's pool and uh, I was, you know, how you are, the kids are at the pool and you're just so excited and, and, and everything is just in this magical world of the pool. And I remember saying to my dad, um, uh, well, when I grow up, I'm going to play in the NBA, you know, and my dad looked at me and he goes, he goes, son, you, he says, the chances of you getting into the NBA are very, very slim. And I remember my entire world. I'm at the pool. I'm soaking wet. I'm like outside the pool running to jump in again. And, and, and he says that to me and just my whole world fell, right? At the time, I loved basketball. Imagine the power of uh, being able to say, um, you know, son, that's an amazing goal. And, and if that's what you want to do, that's what we're going to work on. Let's work on, your, let's work on your free throws tomorrow. You know, and encouraging me as opposed to just saying, ah, it's not going to happen. Uh, since that day, my love for basketball, like I loved, ba I still love basketball. But it, 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 it was like, well, I'm never going to make it. So why, why should I try, you, you know, type of thing. Uh, so I believe we can be better dads. I believe that being a dad that's like present because so many dads take off and you're saying, oh, well, at least I didn't run away. It's like, dude, that bar is really low. You know, if that's your dad bar, you know what I mean? Like, well, at least I'm raising my kids. And it's just like, no, man, that's, uh, that's, that's just like the qualification uh, to be a dad. You know, a dad is impacts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a dad, a dad happens every minute of the day. You know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, those are some things I hope that we uh, talk about today. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Um, we're going out swinging. <laughs> sort of <laughs> I like it. I like it. We haven't even started introducing you. So <laughs> now for the people that don't know Owen yet, this is Owen. And this is exactly <laughs> how I every time watch his webinars. And, and that's also one thing that I want to talk to you about. But we'll get to that. And yeah. as I mentioned, it's absolute pleasure for me to have you online. Um, let's start off first with a little bit, um, you know, what's your story, uh, where you're from, uh, yeah. you know, what have you been doing to get you to, to where you are? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a, uh, YouTube and live video producer. I create YouTube channels and live stream shows for business owners, real estate agents, um, attorneys, that type of business. I've worked with a, a, a handful of major brands, uh, you know, companies that serve millions of homes in America, and I help them write the videos, make the videos that, that everybody sees. You know, I, I developed a love for video at eight years old. Maybe it was nine years old, 1989. So I was nine years old, Christmas. 
Uh, we didn't have a ton of money. My dad was a UPS driver. My mom was a prescription drug addict and not a lot of money in that home. So that year for Christmas, uh, we had two big presents and one was a Nintendo, brand new Nintendo, original Nintendo, Mike Tyson's punch out. And I think we had duck hunt came with the game. Um, and we also had a big shoulder mount video camera, right? And this is the kind of thing where you take a, a full size VHS cassette tape and, you know, you put it in, you close it up and, you know, you put the thing, you got this big, you know, you hope a baseball never comes from this side because you can't, you can't see anything when you're holding this thing up, you know, and you're just walking around you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, filming everything, uh, videos people never, never even watched. I, I played Nintendo uh, for about 15 days, but I played um, with that video camera for the next 15 years. Uh, and ever since then, I've been playing around with video. Uh, it wasn't until YouTube got big that I was like, you know what? I can make a living doing this, and, and that's what I do. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm married to a beautiful uh, woman. She's uh, my everything, uh, Teresa. She runs the company with me. So right now, she's at the kitchen table. She just did you know, our financial meeting with my sister-in-law, who does our books. And, and, um, and we have all... Three of our kids, one of our kids, our oldest is at camp this week. It's his first camp, middle school camp. And I've got three little ones, you know, doing their best. They can't stream right now because we're streaming. So they're, they're finding other ways to occupy their time and stay uh, noise-free while dad is, is, uh, is streaming in the other room. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, four kids. Um, as I said, you know, I, I, didn't know, I didn't even know you had kids until one of the episodes, and I think it was the one with Antonio. And then we started talking and I saw your picture that you sent to me. I'm like, that's not one, that, that's four kids. Yeah. That's like, yeah. wow. When, so, when we got married, I wanted to have more. But, um, you know, I was not, I'll tell you what, I still wish we would have more. And we are going to have more. We're going to have our kids' friends over here. We're going to have, um, we're, you know, we, we have people from the church over here like this. Our home is, you know, is not our own. You know, this home belongs to our community and we decide who our community is. So I'm not talking about like the homeless guy begging for cash down the way, right? This is a home for kids to come in and our, our kids' friends, the kids we know from church, the kids we know from school, and to be safe here. And they're going to get safe media here. Uh, they're going to get good, healthy food here. They're going to get watched over here, um, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and we're all about that culture of, of, being parental, not just to our kids, but to the community as well. Nice. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Um, well, if I got to move, then I know where to go. But I heard you're moving soon, so. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be, a, it'll be a while, but we're growing too big. Yeah, it's too many kids in this house, let me tell you. Exactly, exactly. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're really enjoying the show. Just want to make sure if you're liking this information, please subscribe and then press the like button. And also, go visit becomeafearlessfather.com. You get the opportunity to share your biggest challenge at the moment as a father. And it gives me the opportunity to try and help you overcome this. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the show. So, first of all, let, let's start with something um, completely different. I never asked, but of course, we're in the summer, and, and I saw your post, and I was... I'm sorry, maybe it's not, not night, but I was laughing my ass off. So, can you tell us a little bit, how was your vacation? And of course, you know. oh my gosh, are you talking about, you know, we had a great, we had a great vacation. Uh, the, the vacation was absolutely 
stellar. In fact, my wife and I were like high-fiving each other the whole time. And it was like, wow, we're like not arguing. The kids are happy. The kids are tired. Uh, having a great time. They were, we did a, a new thing this trip. We did pickup patrol every night at grandpa's house. So normally we don't help clean up until like the last day, but I was like, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to clean up grandpa's basement every single day. Um, and so, and we did that and the kids didn't mind. They were good at it. So we're driving home and it's, it's hot, man. It's like 106 degrees driving through, driving through Vegas. And uh, so even the air conditioning is it's it's a whisper it's it's like if you stand just right you can feel it because it's so hot like in between the time it comes out of the vent the air heats it up and before it even gets to your face so it is hot and we've got four kids in the desert and we're just driving through and we're like we are gonna get we are gonna get home today by by 2 p.m so we spent you know 10 days hiking kids are tired they're watching dvds in the back and, and all of a sudden, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we feel the tire just go out on, on the car. And so we had to pull the car over. Now, this is when I get into, I get into like fix it mode, right? Nobody's, we're going to, it's like the dad from a Christmas story. It's like, time me, you know, I'm going to get this tire, you know, fixed faster than anything. My wife's flipping out. She doesn't do well with this stuff. She's, she's got the hand. I said, baby, just pull over to the side, pull over to the side, more, 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 more. Stop. Great. Everybody stay here. Right. And I go out and I start, of course, she gets out her camera phone and she's camera. Look at my husband. I'm wearing pajamas. I literally just got up and got in the car. You know, I'm wearing pajamas and I'm now here like trying to flip the tire iron around. This tire was shredded, shredded. I mean, I don't know what happened. It was like, it was like we got a little hole in it and it just disintegrated in the heat of this desert sun. So I'm like in this 110 degree heat now, it's 10.30 in the morning. These 16 wheelers are, are driving by us, right? And we're on, off the side of the road, but we're still on the highway on the I-15. So like every time I'm sitting there with this two ton, three ton van, you know, like right up on me and I'm, I'm changing the, get the tire on. Every time a truck drives by, the car shakes, you know, and it just wiggles. And I'm sure it's perfectly fine. But when you're this close to it, you know, and you're underneath that car and you're looking at this car kind of, let me tell you, man, it was, I, I saw, I saw my life pass in front of my eyes. So I'm flipping out this tire and I get this tire uh, switched up. I got the old tire. We had to empty the whole car, all of our bags, everything. The kids are in the car and I go, okay, kids, don't move. Don't move a muscle. Cause dad's underneath that car, you know? So this thing's jacked up. The kids are in the car like this and uh, uh, you know, they're just pouring sweat. They're in pajamas. We're not, the no DVD player is on. Um, I switched the thing out about 25 minutes and we're on the road again. And it's just like, yeah, we, yeah, we did it. You know, and I had like dirt tire, like all over my face. And then my wife, my wife goes, where's the next exit? And it's like, we looked around and it's easy a good 20 minutes before there's another exit. We're in the middle of the desert on a donut spare tire. Um, and you don't want to ride those things forever. So we, we had to find a, a new tire uh, station. We had to go 20 minutes to an exit and then turn around and then go 40 minutes back to the next, to, to the next tire shop. So, you know, we're just trudging along and, and trying to feel that air conditioner on our face. You know, everybody's tired and dirty and it's only like 11 o'clock, 11.15. Uh, 
And all of a sudden I hear my kid in the back seat, right? Everything was peaceful. And we were just on our way to the tire store. And then I hear my, my oldest kid in the background. He just, ah! you know, screams. And I, you know, what, 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 what? And I look in the mirror and he pulls up his hat. Oh, the dog. In all of our hustle, we forgot to take the dog out and let him walk around and do his thing, you know? So he did his thing all over the back seat and my son's hat. And it was a nightmare. I mean, nobody wants to be that close to a dog when he loses his bowels. This dog exploded in the car. Explode. It was every, it was like a Picasso. It was just like, bah! like, you know, it was, can you see my, I don't know if you can see my, my thing here. It was like this. It was just like a splatter burst all over the car. My son's hat is ruined, but now we're in 110 degree heat in the desert with dog poop in the car. So, so we open the windows, we open the windows and now we're 80 degree, we're at like 60 miles an hour. It's 110 degrees with hot air steaming into the car. We've got like our heads out the window trying to drive. And then worst of all, we got to take this car to a tire shop. And he goes, yeah, I'll pull your car in. I go, well, first we need to clean out the back seats for you. Let me tell you. Um, we had a great trip. Um, we had a great trip, good times with the family. Um, but that way home, that ride coming home was, was quite a show. I bet, I bet. Um, but a great story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Somebody's in the back probably throwing up, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's, I hope it's a good story. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, but, yeah. It's for, well, for, <laughs> I hope for you now it's as well. It's supposed to be funny. It's funny. supposed to be funny. There's other dads that have those similar stories that come home with, like, our trip was a nightmare. First, we're going through the desert, and, and then the tire goes out. And then there's no exits. And then the dog, you know, and it's like, for us, like you can't live your life that way, right? Some of those things are going to happen. I, I get you. But, you know, I, I think a lot about it. Watch comedians, listen to comedians a lot. And, uh, you know, and, and they all have these tragic stories. It's always like, oh my gosh, let me tell you this time this horrible thing happened to me. But it's funny. And, and so whenever something horrible is happening to us, I, I try to think, okay, well, in three months, this will be funny. Look for what's funny about it now. And, uh, and, and that helps to keep it, keep it, light plus your kids are going to remember how you reacted your kids are going to remember that time where the tire popped and the dog exploded and they're going to remember that as like like don't ever make dad mad or they're going to remember it as that funny time coming home from family vacation and that's the memory right that we're trying to create and that's that's part of like our our goal management is one of the things i want to talk about today is is having a vision for your family and 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 knowing how you're going to handle things you know because your kids will handle things the way you handle things yeah, that's really well said. I like that. That's awesome. Um, and I hope, I really hope that every single time I have a live interview, I can have some sort of story like this to start off with. I had one when I <laughs> with Larry Hagner, except that it wasn't his story, it was my story. Um, we just took the diaper off my son. And uh, um, it goes well, except for um, number two. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. We, exactly. We did it Twenty minutes before I had my life interview with Larry, right in my office, <laughs> <laughs> and it was the biggest one. 
I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. And as and you they said, get worse. They get worse. Uh, they get worse. Oh well, that's great. <laughs> anyway, um, as I mentioned before, man, I'm a big fan. I've seen lots of shows of you. You've helped me tons with with questions that I had. I really appreciate. And um, one thing that for me sticks out when I think of you is your energy. I mean, it's just and the whole nother level. It's off the chain. I mean, every yeah. webinar I see, it's like wow. And energy is something I'm still I'm still trying to find my um, my balance. And yeah, I'm sure. High, sure. And it's something I'm struggling a little bit with. And uh, you know, you wake up early, you take care of the kids, and you work in your business. You know, you got to spend time with your wife, and friends coming over, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's really busy, etc. So it's, it's hard lot. sometimes to to try and have the same amounts of energy for every single moment of the day. And I'm just wondering, you know. What's your system or maybe even what's your secret to have uh, such energy? Uh, yeah, you know, energy comes from, um, energy comes from, uh, you know, a few different sources, you know, um, it comes from your health, you know, how healthy are you? Uh, you know, it comes from mental health, how, how healthy are you mentally? And, and I don't mean, you know, just like are you bipolar in general right so like you, you know here's the thing about bipolar and depression and these things and these are things that i've struggled with in my life is that it's not this is not like a full-time thing there's moments when you're fine and you're fine uh what we get into the habit of doing is is saying like i'm bipolar and therefore i always have a problem it's not true you have a problem on moments where you're experiencing conflict and, and, and where you're experiencing some of these roadblocks, right? And those are the moments you have to get through. Uh, I struggle with depression. You know, I'm on like a pretty systematic, uh, uh, I, I have been, let me, let me just kind of, I've been on a pretty, it's like systematic, you know, like nine weeks good, three weeks depressed, nine weeks good. And that was just kind of like my internal clock. And it'd been that way ever since cancer, uh, since I had cancer. Um, but with proper nutritional supplementation, uh, we've been able to basically eliminate the depression from my cycle at all, at all, you know, uh, and, it, and it hasn't been um, uh, through uh, like, uh, I'm not talking about alcohol use, right, or smoking weed either. I'm not talking about like, oh, I numb the pain. I'm talking about like the pain's not even there. Uh, and that's, we did a, a 23andMe thing and we got on some better supplements. And let me tell you, proper nutritional supplementation and and eating right and i'm not captain health like i eat potato chips same as anybody else but you know monday through through saturday for the most part you know my wife whatever she puts in front of me is what i eat and it's largely it's like eggs for breakfast to get the fat in the brain going um we have like a keto morning it's kind of like what we do and then um a shake healthy lunch healthy dinner i try not to snack too much at nights so that keeps my energy up. That's number one um, is, 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 you know, making sure that I'm a healthy person. Number two is mental health, right? And this is, this is remembering who I am even in the dark times, right? So even when I'm dark, um, it's, it's remembering that, uh, you know, I, I am, my value is outside of my work results. My value and my identity lie outside of, um, um, my, uh, you, you know, my peer group and my acceptance among them. Although we all, 
you know, I, I enjoy being accepted by my peer group and I would be hurt if I wasn't. Um, but that's not where my identity is, um, you know, and, and as, as um, a man of faith, you know, I believe that my identity is wrapped in the creator of the universe and the same divinity that, 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 that he is made from, I am made from, you know, uh, and I have that creativity and that energy to like, um, uh, to build buildings and to create art and to move people. And so when I get down, I start to think of those things, right? This is what mental health is to me. It's having the, the right exercises, right? When you start to get flabby, you go and you run. When you start to get flabby, you stop eating at night. When you go and get flabby and you want to, to not be flabby, you do things, right? You don't ever go, oh, I'm flabby. I was born flabby. I need a pill, you know? That's, you, you solve it, right? What we do with mental health is, is we give up too easy, right? It's like, so, all right, I'm starting to feel down. I'm starting to feel like I'm a loser, right? Uh, what, what are the warning signs of that, right? Well, for me, low energy is a big one. Um, another one is like negative self-talk, right? Do I find myself negatively talking about myself to my wife or even to myself in my mind? right? That's a trigger for me. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going into a depression, to a, a depression thinking, right? So what can I do to get out of it? A big one for me is running. And that's not because of, of physical health. It's because of my personality style, right? So uh, in the personality sort of spectrum, we've got the disc profile test, right? And this is one of many tests, uh, but I do, um, uh, I do find a lot of value in these tests and the disc profile has been the most effective for us. So there are four major personality types, D, I, S, C. I'm a high D. And so as I'm reading about high Ds, I'm learning what high Ds can do or what a lot of high Ds do to feel relaxed. Running is one of those things. So I would never think, oh, I'm stressed out. I should go run. I would never put that together in my head. I'm more like I need to chill out on the beach, right? Or I need to just not do anything today. That's where I would go to de-stress. Uh, I'm going to go sit in the sauna at the gym, right? Uh, interestingly enough, Klaus, I've done those things. And like I'll rest an entire weekend and still on Monday feel like I'm not rested enough. I go running for 20 minutes and I feel like a million bucks. It's incredible. It's an incredible thing. Um, as a high D, if you're a high D, I would recommend if you get stressed, go experiment with running. Uh, maybe even working out. I think it's strenuous exercise. So that's another thing is mental health is like knowing what my triggers are and then knowing what my cures are to those triggers, right? Um, for me, junk food, uh, if I eat a lot of junk food, snack at night, again, another trigger. All right, I'm starting to feel like my health isn't worth maintaining. Why? Because I feel like I'm a loser. Why? Ah, because I had that bad thing happen this week and I let that throw me into a cycle. So I tell my wife, hey, I think I'm, I'm feeling depressed. And she goes, you know, nine times out of 10, she'll be like, you know, I felt like you were maybe approaching that, you know, because she knows me so well. But I vocalize it. I say, you know, I'm starting to feel down. That's what we say. I say, I'm starting to feel down and I just wanted to express it outwardly so that you could pay attention to it as well. And, uh, and then we start doing things, right? We don't just sit around. We don't just take pills to numb the pain. We start doing things to, uh, to counteract it. So, um, uh, having that, um, uh, you know, physical health, having that mental health and then business health, right? Like, like, like calendar health. Um, I have the energy because I wasn't wasting my energy an hour before, right? 
doing something I didn't need to waste my energy on. I believe in energy conservation. I believe in energy management. There are certain things that I do that don't require as much energy from me. And so I don't give them much energy. Um, house cleaning, Klaus, I don't give that much energy, right? Um, I, I tend to be like pick up as I go and then we have a, a house cleaning service that comes in, um, uh, you know, once a month. Why? And it used to be twice a month, but my kids need to learn a little bit more. They were getting spoiled. Uh, they're still pretty spoiled. But, you know, the whole idea was this. Um, I don't want to spend my energy cleaning bathrooms and cleaning and, and vacuuming crumbs, right? That's, that's not where I want to spend my energy. Some of you might find a lot of joy in cleaning. And I say, I say go with that. Uh, my wife does. My wife finds, I tell her, like, you don't have to do that, honey. And she goes, you know what? I like it. I, it helps. I'm thinking while I'm doing it. You know what I mean? So if you're into that, be into that. Um, for me, it's not worth my energy. And so we've replaced it, right? I spend, you know, 125 bucks a month doing that so that I have the energy here today to do the thing that I love to do. Um, so I think that those three things are, are essential um, uh, to, to having uh, tons of energy. Wow, that's great. Thanks for sharing. I've Sorry if I, you saw me looking away. It's because I've been writing things that you were saying. <laughs> I'm uh, used to it. People, people often look away when I talk. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, um, one thing I'm doing is, of course, is I want to share the knowledge and I want to make sure that um, all the fathers out there learn as much as possible. But to be a little selfish as well, um, I'm trying to learn as much myself as well. You I mean, should I think, be. You should be. I was doing exactly what you're doing uh, when I first started. Exactly what you're doing. And just keep doing it, man. I did like 30 interviews like this my first year in the digital marketing world. And I uh, did like a summit, you know. And um, uh, I interviewed so many people and I got good at it. I got good at the tech. I did it again the next year with 30 more people, you know. And you just get good. You get good this way. So just keep doing it, man. I, I, I like what you're doing. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I'm going to put in because I didn't, I'm talking about what you said earlier about the vision. That's something that, um, that's one of the first thing I've, I've written down is like, okay, so what do fathers really need? And they don't even think about that's mm -hmm. a vision. They don't even think about a vision for themselves. They don't even think about, uh, yeah, definitely don't think about a vision for their kids. So, well, you know what, maybe it's even better. I didn't have that question, but let's start with that. So, can you explain for the people, you know, what does it mean to have a vision? Why yeah. it's so important and how can that help them in being a better father? And in my opinion, right. it makes you a fearless father. Right. So there was a, a, a king in Israel, you know, 2,000, 3,000 years ago, a guy named Solomon, King Solomon. He was said to be the wisest king that ever lived. And he wrote a book called the Book of Proverbs. And in Proverbs, he wrote, um, without a vision, the people perish. And that, that is something that we have to think about because it was written by a man said to be the smartest man that ever lived. So what does that mean, without a vision, the people perish? Well, I think about lemmings running off a cliff, right? These lemmings have no idea where they're going. And, and it's, it's indicative to their culture that they, they jump off cliffs and, and die. So are we lemmings? Are we being lemmings in our life? Are we just sort of like rushing to relax, right? Your whole goal is about getting to Saturday and relaxing. Um, 
maybe your whole goal is getting to Saturday and going dirt bike riding or surfing, or, or maybe, you know, you're saying to yourself, if I can just keep having fun, then I'm doing okay. Whereas the other person says, if I can just, if I can just be relaxing, then I must be doing okay. Right. Other, other men might say things like if I can just be working, then I know I'm, you, you know, I'm going to be doing okay. And it's like, this is the dad who works on vacation. He talks on the phone while his kids are at the beach. But in his, in his heart, he's not trying to be an unattentive dad. He's just trying to make sure the kids always have money, right? The kids always have uh, their thing. You know, these, these tend to be men without vision, right? There isn't a clear vision of where your family is headed. And you have got to have that picture in your mind, that end result that you're looking to achieve. And that end result changes who you are as a dad and it forms who your kids end up becoming. So here's what I mean by that. When you, when you sit down with your wife and you create, you have a vision meeting, right? You want to talk about your financial um, picture, and we're talking about a snapshot. You, the more detailed you get, the better it is. But, but just keep it real high level. What, what type of money are we making per year? How many hours are we working? Okay, so you look at that financial picture. A lot of people say, oh, we're making a million dollars, you know, uh, and we never work. We're never working. Um, uh, you, you know, I hope you're making half a million now, if that's what you're saying. Um, right. Because you don't want to do pie in the sky. You want to be realistic with yourself, right? Like realistic, but stretch. So you say, look, in five years, this family, uh, has, um, we're making 250,000 bucks a year working no more than 30 hours a week. We have an RV, right? And all of our kids have straight A's. All of our kids have websites and our oldest kid has a YouTube channel that's already making a hundred bucks a month, Right. That's a vision for your family. That's a vision idea. Maybe some of you guys are soccer players, football players, right? So it's like, all right, well, you know, at our house, we're very into soccer. We're very into football, right? So it's like, look, um, we want all the kids um, playing on the A team, right? The, high, the, the first string team. Um, and we want like a soccer is life attitude in the house. We want soccer posters. We want soccer um, shirts. Like it's a soccer culture. So, so what does this do for us? Well, it means when we go, uh, before we go to soccer practice, all my kids have to practice juggling, right? Before they go, they got to practice their footwork before they go. Uh, it means that discipline, like when they get in trouble, when, when they get disciplined, it's soccer drills, you know? Um, and, and, uh, when we go to buy them clothes, right? It's like, well, we create a cult, we, we buy them soccer gear. We buy them, you know, um, uh, messy, a messy shirt, right? A Ronaldo shirt. Uh, so, so, so these decisions form who our kids become. Our kids remember, right? Our kids remember, man, my dad set a goal for us to be soccer players. And uh, that's, what, that's what we did. He was there at every game. He was watching us at every practice. And my dad is my coach, right? And, and you have that ideal relationship with, with your kids. It changes who you are as a person because now – you have direction with your purchase decisions. Oh, this weekend? Oh, man, this weekend I was hoping we could um, uh, crash on the couch, maybe watch a few shows, maybe get a pizza later. That changes to, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go play some soccer in the morning. Um, after that, uh, I want to take a look at the soccer stats 
And, uh, and then after that, maybe we can relax, watch a show together. Right. So it's changing who you are as a person. Cause you're getting off the couch. You're, 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 I'm not trying to knock like an active, like we surf, we surf, we surf. If that's part of your vision, but if you're just surfing to just go have fun, uh, because you don't want to be working and you're not like really listening to your kids and your wife and what they want to do, then you're, you're in that Peter Pan zone. You're in the, uh, I don't want to grow up zone. Like you've got to like have a goal for what you're, you're trying to reach. Uh, and a goal is not a clean house, guys. A goal is, not, oh, I want to get the garage clean. That's not what I'm talking about. You want to get the garage clean because why? Well, I want the kids to be able to dribble indoors when the, when the summertime heat gets bad. Boom. Now we have a goal. We, now we have a vision for why the garage should be clean and why it should stay clean, right? So you've got to have a vision for your family. And, and uh, you know, what we've done with our family is we have sort of like these standards that they need to hit every year, um, uh, grade-wise, but also accomplishment-wise. Like at the end of the year, you need to have 20 videos uploaded to your channel, right? Kanan's got one. He started it. He was so excited. Then he lost his GoPro. Um, and, and everything changed, right? So having that vision helps us to make these decisions in all areas of our life. And when our kids have graduated middle school, they've accomplished things. They have websites and they have YouTube channels, maybe Instagrams. Um, by high school, now the, the high school requirement is a business. Our kids, they, our, our standard is by the time you graduate high school, you need to have a business that's generated $20,000 in, in, in revenue, right? Um, so now they've got, they've got a YouTube channel, uh, an Instagram channel, and a website. And, and by the way, when I say middle school, I'm talking eighth grade. When they graduate eighth grade, now you can get your Instagram channel. Now you can have your YouTube channel. Um, now you go into high school with a working website, a YouTube channel, Instagram, and the skills to know how to use it. So, so now they've got to learn how to make revenue and they could graduate high school without ever having to get a job, ever having to go to college. Um, and, and still, um, uh, you know, and being one of the most productive members of society, right. And all because of your vision as a father. Now, maybe it's not website design on YouTube. Maybe it's by, by the end of middle school, each kid needs to know how to make a, a wood shelf. Um, you know, maybe you're a woodworker or a hand, more of a handyman by, by, by eighth grade, every kid needs to know how to change a tire, fix a sink, uh, and replace a window. That's good business. That's great business. You know, um, that's, that's something work, handiwork It's a skill will never go away. It's always going to be around, even when there's robots, because there will be people, you just can't wait for the robot. I need to fix it. Now you grab your screwdriver, your hammer, and you go. Um, plus what happens when the robot breaks down, right? You're going to fix that robot. So those are skills that are great. You know, you got to find like where your family's headed and create a vision based on that. Nice. I'm loving it. I'm so happy that you, uh, you started off with, I want to talk about vision. Um, because I've been looking like, how can I ask somebody? Cause of course I'm inviting people and I don't know them. I know them because I read their websites and I read their stuff and they listen, but this kind of stuff, of course, you're never going to know. How are they doing this? How are they doing this? I'm still thinking, right. about how am I going to teach this? Because I want to teach it. And I'm working on this. I got a year plan for my five-year-old. I'm doing it from five to six or from yeah. year to year. Not not from like 2018, but I do it for their birthdays. And yeah. I have a little bit of time for myself, for my own visions. 
And now my two-year-old who's going to be three, so I have a half-year plan for him where I want them to be. So I'm so happy you brought this up. So thanks for that. It's yeah. Awesome. I'm hoping everybody's listening to this because, yeah, it's going to help you so much. It's going to even make you more relaxed, or at least that's the feeling that I have now. It's like you're more relaxed because you, you, you actually know immediately, like, what are you going to do and why are you doing it? So right. awesome. Um, so let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to the show. <laughs> um, the thing I want to talk about, which I also love that you were talking about, and I'm hearing it a lot, but not from the people that I would like this for, is during one of your webinars, I heard you talk about you have a morning routine. Yeah. And I must say that when I started implementing my morning routine, it's been an absolute game changer. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I've also noticed that many men don't have such a morning routine. Uh, they just wake up um, most likely as late as possible, just hitting that, zoom, uh, that snooze button, and then it's up and running. Toilet, brush teeth, shower, yeah. breakfast, maybe right. have, a bre- uh, have, have some breakfast, cup of coffee, and rushing off to work. Now, right. can you share why you have a morning routine? What does it mean? And what kind of system? Yeah, because look, look, at, look at the morning routine of people who have heart attacks. Look at the morning routine of people who die early. They all have that same morning routine, right? Um, that same morning routine of like, of like uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep in 10 extra, 15 extra minutes, um, scramble out the door, uh, you know, high on coffee. I'll eat some, some wheat products or some carbohydrates to get my energy, fill my belly up. Uh, you know, drink coffee all day, you know, and it just kind of like goes on. And then even if you're having like a big lunch, maybe some people are, some people aren't, um, that morning routine is everything. It's everything. And we've been working on a morning routine for a while. Um, I, I can't even remember when it first started, when somebody first started telling me you need to have like a set morning routine, but, um, it makes a lot of sense that if you start your day on one note, it will, it, you'll, you're like, if you start your day at a 10, then you're stronger than, than, than a lot of what's going to come at you during the day. You're stronger mentally, you're stronger physically. So as, as trials hit you during the day, you're kind of like, no, it's, I got this. Don't worry about this. You know, it also puts you in a place where you've, you've seen the big picture. You, you know, all those things, I, I talk to people about this all the time at like, dinner parties and stuff and, 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 and networking events. And people will be like, Oh, I got to remember to do that. I got to remember to, to read in the morning. And it's like, you know, your morning routine is where you put all those things that you keep saying, I got to remember to do that. Right. Because I know you go here, you go there and you think, Oh, that'll make me a better man. Right. That'll make me a better dad. That'll make me a better man. You've got to like, your morning routine is where you put those things for the most part. Right. So, so your morning routine is how you get started on the right track. And it's, it's, it's a discipline thing. Are you the type of person that, that is willing to, to, to take these five steps every morning to live the kind of life you want to live? Or are you the type of guy that wants 10 more minutes of sleep? Right. Because at the end of your life, whether that's your working life, um, your, your kids at home life, right? Your kids are going to be 18, 19 and gone someday. Where are you? Are you a, a big, fat, lazy, almost divorced guy at that point? Right. Are you a thin, happy, 
you know, ecstatically married, getting laid every night guy, right? Because I'll tell you which path I'm on, you know? Um, I want to be, when my kids are out of this house, in my best, best life ever, right? And to do that, I need to be stronger in the morning than everybody else I come across. So here's what my morning routine, and by the way, my morning routine, two big shots out, Sean Cannell, um, I was already doing a morning routine when Sean Cannell said to me, um, you need to read The Miracle Morning. He says, that'll dial in your morning routine. So I've read The Miracle Morning. My wife has read it, and we are both on a morning routine, a morning ritual. Um, and it starts with, like, no's. So what I do not do in the morning, my phone wakes me up, but I do not check my phone. Checking your phone puts you in response mode. And you're, you're immediately, you're asking for input before you've even had a chance to tell yourself what you're doing that day. So immediately you're stepping into other people's agendas, right? So do you train your brain for response mode? Jim Quick talks a lot about this. So look, look up Jim Quick in memory, right? It's also better for your memory to put your phone down more. Um, so do not check your phone and do not hit the snooze button. The snooze button says, I am too weak to even get out of bed. The snooze button says, I'm not ready. I went to bed too late. I need, you, you put yourself in a place of, of poverty, of, of disadvantage, because subconsciously you're saying, I need something or I didn't get something. Ah, life's not fair. I need to immediately gratify the emotion I'm having right now. So you gotta remember that whenever you hit that snooze button, you are, you, you are saying something to yourself. You are, you are putting a quality on the type of man that you are, right? You're the type of man that needs 10 more minutes rather than get up 10 more minutes to make yourself a better dad. And I want that to resonate with you. Look, guys, I, I hit the snooze button today. I don't do it perfectly every day, all right? I want to I, I give you that. So I don't do it perfectly every day, but I have a standard that I live to. I am not the kind of man that hits the snooze button. I'm just not. Why? Because I have affirmations, right? I, I have these these beliefs about myself and about my life that I repeat to myself every morning, right? So I'll get to that in a second, but I don't hit the snooze button because I am powerful. I am a creator. I love my life. I love waking up uh, and I get up with joy, right? So that's what I've trained my brain to say when I want to go hit that snooze button. After I get up, I read. I read, I pray, and I read, okay? So I get up and I read from the Bible a chapter, you know, at the most. Um, I might even just read, if it's deep, I might read like four verses and just kind of stop there. Uh, then I pray and I, 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 I ask God for peace or, or I thank him for the peace that he's sent to me. Um, you know, and, and I, see, I believe God has already blessed us. Like he's already given us. God is outside of time, right? So he's already given us the life that he's given us. And it's just, we just have to walk into that. So I thank God. I thank him. Like, thank you, Lord, for, for what you're going to do for me in 20 years. And I don't even know about it yet, but I know you're gonna do amazing things. Um, a, a lot of gratitude. Now you may not be into prayer and that's fine, but what I'm, I want you to think about what I'm saying. I express gratitude. I recognize what I have in the book, Miracle Morning. He doesn't talk about prayer. He talks about meditation, right? And, and, and similar philosophies, but a different recipient. Um, you know, so recognize what you have, recognize the advantages and how far you've come, right? Um, the next step is visualization. And with visualization, I look at what I'm going to do that day and I visualize myself doing it. 
<laughs> let me tell you, I did this at Social Media Day in San Diego. I was the MC there. And it was the first time I was MCing a full gig, like the, the full conference. Um, so I was nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous as confident, but nervous. And I began to visualize myself doing it. And I saw myself saying things I hadn't planned to say. So I wrote those things down. And you know what? I went on stage and I said the things that I imagined during my visualization time. I had the crowd up on their feet clapping. And that all came from visualization, from visualizing what I was gonna do that day. And all of a sudden I saw a grander idea and I aspired to that idea. So I'm a big believer in visualizations. The affirmations, positive statements that I, I look at myself, this is awkward, but I look at myself and I, I, they're on my phone and I, I read them out loud. I look at myself in the mirror and I repeat the ones. Like every day, they all, they all change, changes up all the time, right? Um, so it's, it's kind of like I'm powerful. I, you know, I'm a creator. People love my work. I get testimony. It's all true stuff, right? It's just stuff that we forget about. You forget because you want to go into this negative thinking like, oh, today sucks because yesterday sucked. But it's like, think about your whole life. You know, like I've always been a winner. I've always had good friends in my life. I've never been poor. I've always had food. And you just say these things out loud to yourself. I say to myself, like, um, I don't need to overeat. I don't need to drink. Right? And I don't have an overeating problem. I don't have a drinking problem. But it does add, uh, like, I'll have a beer during the week. And that'll, I'll sleep in the next day maybe. Or maybe I'll cut work early that night. So I just like to try to keep that to the weekends, right? Without setting a hard and fast rule. I just remind myself that if I want to drink, I do it on my time, not on my business's time, right? That sort of thing. Um, affirmations and then exercise. Exercise is important. Uh, motion creates emotion. I get up, I move. I'm either doing push-ups, sit-ups for 10 minutes, jump roping for 10 minutes, or maybe I'll run for 10 minutes. But I do 10 minutes of something. Even if I can't do anything, I'll go out and walk. Um, and just get my blood moving, get your blood flowing, right? This is very important to me because I do like, I wake up, I read, I pray, I read, and then I eat eggs to activate my brain. I drink about 16 ounces of water because we're 97% water and I just hydrate. Then I have coffee. I don't have my coffee until after I hydrate. You don't dehydrate before you hydrate, right? Hydrate first, then coffee. If you're like, I need coffee first thing in the morning kind of guy, go drink 16 ounces of water first wake up all your organs because your organs are dry and then have coffee. I promise you, even that will make you feel better. Um, so that's, that's basically my routine. I do it every morning, except when I don't. Um, and when I don't, I, I, I recognize a, um, I can always, I can always relate a bad day or a bad result to, I didn't do my routine this morning. Wow. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. Um, sounds like a, an amazing routine. I'm happy also that you uh, brought up the gratitude because it's something that I've recently and recently I'm talking about this week <laughs> implemented in my own morning routine um, and it, it helps. Um, so that, that's yeah, morning routines yeah. are amazing. Yeah, loving it. Um, I'm glad you brought up Jim Quick. I'm actually following a course of his. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, he's great. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, just a quick short question. How hard are we on time? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, like eight, like I got, a, I got another call at eleven thirty or shortly thereafter. So we've got okay. like ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. So I gotta scratch some questions, and maybe um, somewhere down the road we can uh, we can do those. Um, so then I gotta go quick. I want to talk to you about where is it at? Uh, all right. Let's let's go with this one. So. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that you, you, you probably agree with this. You know, it's, it's, it's tough being a father and, um, you know, you got to, um, you know, kids are uh, raising children um, in a fast changing, very individual world. Uh, while at the same time, you know, you're having the responsibilities of providing them with the tools and the values to make the most of their lives. We talked to this a, a little bit about, you know, you, but you've got four kids, uh, four little ones to worry about. And I'm just wondering, how, how do you go about tackling this, this challenge? Uh, raising kids with values and that. that okay, a couple things. Number one is that vision, right? So <clears throat> part of your vision, right, once you've come up with like a vision for your family, where you want to go, the next is what are our core values? What do we believe in as a family? Um, so we have our core values up on our, uh, we have a chalkboard wall and that we, have, it's a, the, the door to our garage, we painted it with chalkboard paint and so we can write on it, write over it. Um, and we have our core values up there and we can point back to our core values constantly as, as a reminder towards discipline, right? So first of all, we don't punish our kids. We discipline our kids. You punish a criminal. You, you discipline means to teach and, and, you know, so we, we, our kids don't even know. They, they'll say, am I going to get disciplined, right? They don't even know the word punish. And it's, it's a joy. You should not use that word with your kids. And, my, you know, if you were to follow my, my worldview on, on parenting. But um, so, we, so when we discipline, you know, it's like, well, why am I in trouble? <clears throat> because as Hemsass, we believe in truth. And we don't believe our lips were made to lie or to deceive people or to speak ill of people. Our lips were made to praise and to sing and to worship and to do all good things, right? So when you use your mouth for, for bad things, you know, you have to learn the right way. You have to be disciplined. Um, and, and in this case, it's going to be writing standards. We do a lot of that. Uh, we, try to, we try to make the punishment fit the crime uh, so, <clears throat> so that they're learning something in the process. So your core values can be something like, you know, they really can't be love, right? Because it's like, no, duh, right? Um, but it could be kindness, right? Uh, we're kind to everybody, no matter what. We're kind to each other. Mom's kind to dad. And these apply to you too, right? So when I use words, and I have used words, guys, that I shouldn't have used with my kids. Like my oldest, I said some things to him that, that, that I've, they, they, they burn on me because they were such uh, things a kid should never have said to them. Uh, but I'm not a perfect dad, you know, and I, I have my, I have my breaking points too. Um, so that's why the core values are there because it reminds dad that I'm not to speak that way either. And, you know, uh, there's one incident I'm thinking of in particular. I, you know, I apologize to my son. Like, are, are you dads apologizing when you screw up or are you kind of doing a, you know, Hey champ, let's go get some ice cream. Like you need to sit down and be like, Hey, what I said to you was wrong or Hey, uh, the way I spoke to your mother an hour ago was wrong. And I should never speak to a woman like that. And I should never speak really to any adults like that. Um, the problem is, is I felt short fused. I felt, I felt like she was being mean to me. And so I yelled back at her and I said some naughty words, you know, and I'm sorry, you should never have to hear those words. Like you should say that to your kids, right? <laughs> so 
decide on what your core values are and then live out those core values. You know, um, it, it'll help you. I'm trying to clear my throat here. Uh, it'll, it'll help you in dealing with discipline. Um, well, should we discipline that? Should we not? What do we let go? What do we, you know, what, based on your core values? Well, look, what he did was wrong, but it's not high on our list of core values. It was just kind of gross and rude, but, you know, um, maybe just a little talking to without much discipline after that, you know, that sort of thing. You know, but if it's against the core values, it's like, well, it was a white lie, but it's, it is a core value that Hemsass believe in truth. So this needs to be disciplined. Look, you know, so many parents out there are just saying, let little white lies go. But a little white lie at four years old becomes, I'm going to sleep at a friend's house at 17 years old, right? It goes, it goes to, um, it, it, it becomes, it's become, my dad can be deceived, right? We tell our kids, look, you can do whatever you want to do. You can sneak out of the house. You can use that kind of language. You can listen to this kind of music when you're not in this home. And there is nothing I could do to stop you. I would probably never even find out about it. But are you the type of person that wants to listen to music where women are spoken to this way, where men use this kind of language, where it's all about guns and, 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 and fighting. Is that the kind of person that you are? That that's, that's what you want to listen to? Are you the type of person that wants to deceive your dad? Right? So imagine you come to me and you say, Dad, I'm having a problem with a bully at school. And I go, son, I don't even know if you're telling me the truth right now. And I can't help you because I never know if you're lying or not. So who do you want? We teach them, like, you were born very powerful. You could do so much stuff. But is that the kind of person that you are, right? And we go back to the core values. So having those values for your family, like set up, like that, that's what you raise them on. And you take opportunities, man. Like you, you never go to the gas station alone. You always take a kid with you, even if you have to put them in a car seat and you start to teach them and you drive them and you say, hey, you know what, kid in the back baby seat, I'm going to raise you to be a good man. I'm going to raise you to be an amazing woman. And you're going to be so powerful and you're going to be so smart that everyone's going to want to work for you. Everyone's going to want to know what you do. And for, you're always filling up your kids and teaching them. Now with my eight-year-old, you know, like I take him out. He's actually seven. I keep calling him eight because he's so mature. Um, but he's, uh, you know, he's seven years old and I take him out and I said, hey, you know, I said, if, if a grown man ever came to fight you, could you beat him up? Oh, yeah, dad. I would kick him and I would punch him. I said, let me ask you something. If I were to, if I were to throw, like, if you were, if you were really mad at me and you wanted to like fight me, I could probably still pick you up and throw you around. Right. And he goes, yeah. And I said, so what do you think another grown man bigger than me is going to do to you? Right. And he, and I said, look, son, um, right, uh, right now you're a very strong boy and you can beat up other boys your age. But if a strong man, a man, my size, um, or, or, or older than you comes around, he's probably going to beat you up. And so if he, if you ever find yourself in a car with a strange man that you don't know, you fight and kick and scream and do whatever you can to get attention and get people. And I started to teach this whole stranger message, right? But my point is, is that it was that one-on-one -on -one time alone that just on the way to 7-Eleven, right? To go get some soda for the family. It's like you take a kid with you and you instill those values right? So you clarify the values, then you instill them in these one-on-one. -on -one. Never go to the gas station alone. <clears throat> always take a kid with you and always be pouring into that kid. 
you know, hey, uh, Ben, you know, Ben, you're a great writer. You're a great drawer. Um, you're great at crafts. You're going to be a great writer someday. What are some other things you want to be? And, oh, I want to do this. Oh, you could do that. And here's some great things that you could do. And you're just living the dream with them. You're just expanding their mind. And dad now is, is not the guy who said, you're never going to make it to the NBA. Dad is the only guy that believed that you would. And that's the dad that, that we aspire to be. Nice. That was awesome. <laughs> I got quiet there. <laughs> great. Um, I really appreciate that. That's a great message to, uh, to all the fathers out there to really yeah, use those times that you don't even think about. You know, you go to gas, you just quickly, yeah, yeah. I'm gas it's easier power. if I go. It's easier if I go. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Taking the trash out. Oh, it's easier if I go. Kids got to put shoes on. You know, bring your son out there and let him walk in the rocks, man, if you're taking the trash out. But don't do it alone. Those are the moments. You teach him. You know, I took my son to take the garbage out with no sock, my, no shoes on. I said, son, that's why you have flip-flops. Like, we bought you numerous pairs of flip-flops that you lose. I said, you, you have flip-flops for those moments when dad calls you outside and you've got shoes on. That's number one. Number two, we got to get this trash out into the street because if we don't, flies and raccoons are going to come. They're not, it's not safe. We could get rabies. We could get diseases. And you, you are teaching. You, believe it or not, kids don't know why you take the trash out. Like we, we just assume that the kids understand the reasons why. Do, do you kids know why we have cell phones that work like this? Because a long time ago, you know, we didn't have any way to talk to people across the ocean. So we invented a, a telegraph. You know what a telegraph is? You know what I mean? Like, we have to teach our kids where they come from and, and what got us here and, and why, what makes us great, you know? What makes us great is we take our trash out, we keep it neat, we keep our family healthy because we believe in health and we believe in nutrition. Uh, we believe our body's a temple. You know what I mean? And you go back to those core values. Nice. Yep. Um... Man, I'm actually really sad that we got to quit. <laughs> I'm learning tons. Thanks a lot for that, uh, Owen. Uh, I got so glad to be able to join you today. Great. Well, I appreciate it. Um, let's start with the last thing that I always want to do. You know, if, if there's fathers out there that would like to follow you like I'm doing or that I still have a question for you, how can they get in touch with you? How can they follow you? Yeah, the best way to do that is go to – you know what? I was going to say this one. Go to thevideospot.net. That's my main website, thevideospot.net. And connect with me on Facebook. That's really the best way to do it. Uh, you'll, you know, I'm active on Facebook. I'm not very active uh, elsewhere. So uh, find me on Facebook and just become a part of the conversation. I talk a lot about dad stuff. We have a YouTube channel called Them Hem Sass where we talk about some of that stuff. Um, so check it out, you know, be in touch, be a part of the community. And I hope to see you there. Excellent. Great. Thanks for that. Perfect. So again, thanks a lot for sharing this time and sharing all your experience, your knowledge, etc., with, uh, with us. I really appreciate it. Um, as I said, I have so many questions and the things you were talking about even got me with more questions. So I definitely hope that in the future, um, we can do this again. And for now, um, I wish everybody a great evening, afternoon, or morning. And um, let's talk soon. And take care. Bye-bye.
Are you still meeting up with your friends now that you're a father? Kids making you stress out, you got no time for yourself to work out, read, or relax. Can you still remember the time you were hanging out with your friends, feeling energetic, happy, and confident? Spending time together and talking about your life and your crazy dreams. You're feeling alone now, don't you? No one to share your challenges with and you're just running around from one storm into the next. Well, it's time to change this now. Join me and the Brotherhood of Fearless Fathers to speak on a weekly basis with like-minded dads to crush your challenges, face your fears with determination, be held accountable and regain control of your life. If you want to become the hero your family needs you to be, then go to becomeafearlessfather.com slash brotherhood. Looking forward to seeing you on one of our next calls.